Man, what is up? We are live with a longtime friend of mine. He's been a positive impact on my life. He rocks the world. And now I got him on the Real Estate Gene Podcast. It's hard to get this guy. You know why it's hard to get this guy? Because let me tell you a little bit about Ryan Romano. He is the owner, CEO, and head chief of the Underground Performance Institute. They work on sports training. They are mentoring. They are in Argyle, Texas. And their formula is build strength build confidence, and ignite performance. Um, Ryan is a TEDx speaker. He's featured in CEO World Magazine, Addicted to Success, Stack Magazine, and so much more. Ryan's coached thousands of athletes, including athletes from the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, Oregon State, and, pl- and Rutgers, and plenty more. Man, welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Man, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. This is a good way to kick off the day. Yeah. Hey, you ever seen that golf thing where they're introducing Tiger Woods at the Masters and they just keep going, he's won this and this and this and this. And <laughs> Phil Nicholson's like, fine already. That's what that felt like. <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words and bragging on me a little bit. So, so listen, man, what I want to unpack with you today is about five or six years ago, you and I did a podcast and, and Ryan, you're a little bit younger than me but you were well advanced in an area that took hold of me and it actually impacted my business. And I never really got a chance to tell you. The reason I didn't get a chance to tell you is because I was so busy telling you about how thankful we are with the impact on my daughter. My daughter was a gymnast for several years and gymnasts go through a tough time, long practice weeks, that stuff. They need motivation. They need guidance. They need strength. They need all those things. Every time she would get in a rut, she'd be like, I got to get in touch with Ryan. Well, because of that relationship, we built a relationship and you had me on your podcast and you talked a lot about mindset. And back in the day, man, when in my business, I was just running around and had, had a little bit of a sales gift, so we were doing good. But commitment and mindset were just not really a, a big part of, of what I did. I was more of a just relying on you know natural talent and flying by the seat of my pants, which is cool. It'll get you to a certain spot, but there's a ceiling on that. Yeah. So I got to learn a lot about that from you, and it impacted my business going forward. And actually, when I, when I interviewed with you, we had a four-person team. Now we got a 25-person team. Oh, wow. You're a big part of that, man. I so, don't know. <laughs> so, so give me the scoop, man. What's so big about mindset? And I know you talked to several athletes, and, and, I, and my understanding is just from what I've seen is your gift is getting the best out of people. Is that – Yeah. So I think like the like principle number one, and I think this is like the it's the hardest. It's the most important part, but it's also like the hardest part to get people to understand is like because mindset's kind of a buzzword, too. Right. Like everybody's going to define it as something different. It falls into that category of like success and leadership and confidence. And those are all great words. But but what do those actually mean to us as individuals? And so I think that's where like mindset starts with me is, is figuring out who we are as people first, right? Like, like you said, it's like you were really successful. And I think of it in terms of like, you were running around and hustling, right? Like you were putting all your time and energy towards making sales and growing a company and focusing honestly on probably mostly everything like outside of your world, including family and everything else. And we always forget about us. Right. So like those beginning conversations, whether I'm having them with coaches or athletes or parents or whoever is, you know, we always start the conversation in terms of like values and standards and priorities. And it almost never fails. The vast majority is as they start to define those things is like they're them personally are nowhere on that list to be found. And like, as you just said, you can only go so far, whether you hit a ceiling 
or whether you plateau um, in terms of like performance or making money or, you know, if it's as an athlete, like on a field, it's like you're going to hit that rut and then it's going to hit harder because you don't have any kind of identity and you haven't focused on and you really haven't taken care of yourself. Right. So the mind. Right. If you think about it, it's it's your mind. Yet we focus on all the external. And so I think honing that in and figuring out like that you as a person are a priority and taking care of you first brings a lot of um, peace. Like it brings down stress like in our lives and it allows us to to ultimately give more or perform at a higher level. I was watching a podcast the other day, um, a guy that we follow, and he kind of touched on that, just like what you said. And he said he talked about burnout. And he said, you know, but what burnout really is, is you're not taking care of yourself. And people tend to apply burnout to their job, but they don't get to the root of the problem. So when you're when you're coaching athletes, business leaders, things like that, how do you how do you start with that as far as how do you start getting them to shift from, you know, the external of this is what's causing me all this trauma to really getting inside? What's kind of unpack that? Is is there a timeline or like a special, you know, like like you see the light bulb go off type moments or? Yeah. So definitely you can definitely see the light bulb. Like that's like, and when being able to witness that is, is the coolest piece of the puzzle timeline wise, I think everybody has like their own. Cause some people, it just like, they start to really understand and grasp that concept early on versus some people are a little more hesitant, right? It seems kind of voodoo ish. It's like, well, like that doesn't make sense. If I want to win more games or make more money, like I need to go out and hustle, 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 hustle and work, work, work. Right. Especially in the sports world, you hear those like no pain, no gain, you know, like there's all these little like buzz phrases. And so for those people that have been hardwired, it may take a little bit longer, but honestly, it's, it's really just through questions. And that's where I believe like for me is like I kind of have a four-step, uh, four-step process, if you will, um, framework. And that that first piece is what I call like assess. And for that is it's honestly just it's driven by questions and then me listening, right? Instead of me defining a lot of these things for them, it's like for most people, it's like that first question is it's something very like simple, like it brings them at ease. It's like, so just tell me about yourself. Like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, tell me about you. Like, who are you? Like, who are you? What do you like? What are your hobbies? And most people, they've really just never stopped and thought about those things, right? Like, it's for young athletes, it's like name, grade, the sport they play. And then, like, you have to kind of pry and dig a little bit deeper and help them understand that, like, there's so much more to, like, to this person, both, like, internally, like, who you are, like, what drives you, what motivates you. What are your standards? What are your own priorities? Um, what are the things that you value? Is like, you know, one of my mentors is like pushed me. It's like, he, like values drive behaviors, right? And if we don't know our values, then like it's really hard to like drive the behaviors day in and day out and knowing if you're heading down that right path. And so for them, it's like that's that first light bulb. It's for them to be like, oh, wow, like I've, I've never really thought about that because honestly, a, nobody's really asked them and it doesn't make people or parents bad people. It just seems like so boring and generic, right? Like, tell me about yourself. Um, it doesn't seem important, but really like that is the most important piece of the puzzle. And so for them, like as they realize like, okay, you're right. There is more to me. 
Now I got to start and stop and think about like, what are those other pieces of the puzzle to really lay that foundation to where they can start stacking? Because ultimately that's what it is. It's like stacking little progress and wins over time to where the light bulbs continue to go off daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, et cetera. It's a reveal and heal. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, and I, we, you and I talked um, a little bit a couple months ago about doing a triathlon. Yeah. Um, and you ended up doing it and I didn't, and I got to thinking about it and, and, I, and I wanted to unpack that on this podcast. And here's the thing is what I've noticed about you is, man, when you commit to something, you are all in and you commit to it. And I think where I can get a little more clarity is, is to what, when I commit to something, truly understanding what I'm committing to and what, what the time is, when it is, what it's going to take those type things. And I think people in the emotional state will get fired up like, hell yeah, I'm about to crush this. Yeah, But they don't think about what's involved with that level of commitment. And you ran the triathlon and I saw the pictures and, and I didn't and something came up. But the truth of the matter is I didn't truly commit because if I did, I would have known something was going to come up. But I think the point is, is getting somebody that level of commitment and holding to it and blocking that on their calendar and believing in it. And, and I see that with you so much. And it, so is that a culmination of, of over time? just really blocking your time and really diving into everything you're doing and, and that level of focus. And if it is, how do you get that out of your athletes? Yeah. So let's be, let's like, let's be fully transparent too. Like that's a struggle for me as well too, right? Like being able to, you know, stay truly committed. Now, once I get behind something, like you said, it's like, like I'll go to battle for anyone or anything in terms of like, supporting them right like and almost is I think I have to be careful as what we just talked about that balance of taking care of ourselves and like pouring into everyone else right like that's why I have my own mentors to keep me at bay too it's like so whoa, whoa, whoa like what are you doing to take care of yourself because you're pouring you're pouring you're pouring and giving and giving and giving um so that's kind of like the first piece to be transparent about that is that something to like I have to be very conscious of, you know, daily as well for myself. But yeah, like I, I think that once I figure out, and, and this is going to sound kind of generic in terms of like, once I think about like, hey, this is what I want to do. It is figuring out like why I want to do it, right? Like you hear that a lot from like influencers and they're like, oh, when you know your why, then like, then like it, it'll drive you. But for me, keeping that in the back of my head is like knowing the reason it's not a like the triathlon is is more than just like exercise. Right. It is something that puts me like there were several reasons I did that. And I know that um, it's going to ultimately allow me to give more value to others. And so for me, a lot of that was maybe a little bit of the commitment side but it was a something that I'm wildly uncomfortable with. Right. Like, I mean, there was an old story like uh, my swim coach when I was a little kid. Um, <laughs> he I don't remember how old I was, but my mom came to pick me up and was like, oh, like, oh, Melanie, you're you're Ryan's mom. And she was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, nice kid. Can't swim worth a damn, but a real nice kid. Right. Like so that if that tells you anything. There's my swimming ability. Right. So the, a lot of those things are out of my comfort zone. Um, so it was putting myself kind of in the unknown. And then with that was, I'll be honest, like I had been nervous like that, like before, like a competition, like maybe TMI, but like 
had to go to the bathroom like three times before that race, like the morning of, like, I mean, stomach was just turning. And those are emotions and feelings, obviously mentoring and coaching people. Like you got to put yourself into, like you got to like put your feet to the fire a little bit to be able to understand and have those conversations. Cause that's everything that, that drives, that drives, uh, pouring into others to allow them to achieve their own performance is through conversations. Right. And I can't have that conversation if I don't have an understanding of my own. So going back, I guess, circling back is it's like, that's what kept nudge me along to being committed, right? Like a piece of it. Yeah. Like it was, it was fun. And it gave me a chance to go to the beach and have a good time. It gave me an excuse to like have a little vacation, but it, it also a, a large piece of that too. is like, well, if I don't do this, then I'm not growing as a person, as a coach, as a mentor that allows me to even give even more. So, yeah, and and the other thing is they give you a nice cold beer at the end. Yeah. And I'll run a long way just for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that that I that I've that I've been blessed to watch and experience with you um, is I've seen like I remember when you first started doing what you were doing and talking to athletes and doing and Christian and I were like, is he going to bill us? Do we need to pay him? What's going on? And what I, <laughs> what you were doing was investing a lot of time and a lot of of just effort in the business. And I could tell you were building yourself in every session with our, with my daughter talks to me, everything was just better and better and better. And I think you spending time on yourself, everybody thinks it's a selfish thing, but honestly what you're doing is preparing yourself to be a blessing for others, whether you're in relaxation time, which just gets your chi right, or whether you're educating yourself, uh, whether you're improving your fitness, whatever, all those experiences culminate to something you can give back to others. And then you see the hustlers out there that don't pour back into their self. And there are those folks that their their eyes are bloodshot. They're running crazy. They're always, you know, talking about their 18 hour days and stuff like that. And it's like, I know you're hustling, but there's a better way, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I've gotten to watch that over the years. And, and so now you're at a place when you move to Dallas, I feel like your business just really took off. I um, wish I hate you moved to Dallas. We miss you her and come back <laughs> to the ham. But, but I've gotten to watch it. And now I have a clear vision of exactly what you're doing. And I've watched you swing that hammer over and over and over. And now you're in a successful business and, you, and you've got tons of attention because what you put out there is extremely valuable. So my question after saying that is, what did TEDx want you to talk about and how did you end up there? Because that's a huge stage and they only let people that have a, have a tremendous amount of market share and knowledge on that stage. So is that, what preps you for that? And then kind of what, what was the content while you were there? So I wanted to um, I wanted to start sharing my story more. Like I wanted to be able to. I knew I needed to start um, putting my. I guess exposing myself a little bit more. Right. Like it's for instance, I'm actually I am started uh, recently with a, a university here, and I'm going this weekend to. I've done some things individually with them, similar to like how I've done with you guys. Um, but I need I need to give them the backstory of why it is what I do, what I do. Right. So it, as you guys have seen, like whether it's the social media posts or the lives or writing in publications, whatever it is, is a lot of that was value driven. But at the end of the day, people in the kind of the back of their mind is like, well, who is this guy and why does he deserve to talk about this? Right. So and I knew that I had the story to go along with it. Now I had to put myself out there, like I said, kind of expose myself a little bit and say, 
This is why it's so important for me to talk about things like stress, anxiety, depression, sadness, suicide, and everything else. And so I started a little bit telling that story and I knew I wanted to have a a good platform, right? And obviously, you know, TEDx being what it is. And I saw that as like a prime opportunity to like, I I was going to have to be really clear about what I want to say, right? Like I couldn't just get up there, you know, sometimes how you get in front of like a group of people um, or an audience and you kind of just wing it a little bit. I knew that wasn't going to be the case. That had to be like really clear cut, get to the point, but also like help them understand what it was. Um, and so that's really where I saw it as like a prime opportunity to share my story where I thought um, people would would genuinely listen versus like I love things like this because it allows me to do the same thing. Right. Um, I think it gave me like a little more like umph, a little more credibility to be like, oh, wow. Like, OK, like he, he does have a point. Right. Like, um, you know, it, it just perked the ears up a little bit. Um, and so going through that process was um, was interesting. Uh, funny story with that. When I auditioned, the first audition that I did was over Zoom and I got about 80 percent of the way through my presentation, speech, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I mean, absolutely butchered it. Like at the 80 percent mark, I, I had totally forgot what, what I wanted. <laughs> like, had no idea. And so like I had like my outline and papers. So I had to like slide the computer over and go look and like see, and then came back and finished up. So the first question they asked me, this is, they said, how do you feel like you did? The first question they asked me after I did it. And I said, I said, honestly, I said, I feel like I did really well because 80% of that, I was like, I felt like I was really in tune with everything that I wanted to say. I was, you, I felt like you could feel my energy and my, the authenticity behind the message that I'm trying to preach. And I feel like that weighs more right now than me nailing this perfect. And they were like, hundred percent right on. Like, we'll have you out here for like the in-person audition after a few questions. But yeah, like that was me is I think that when people can like get in front of me or hear me, I think that that's more powerful than just the words itself. So me, like people being there live. So I hope that answers your question a little bit. It does. And, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper with you now, because you yeah. actually, you actually hit on my last question. So you, you help young folks and athletes take care of stress, anxiety, help with mindset, help with strength, help with, you know, basically the whole package to make people better human beings. I think in today's world with coronavirus, with restrictions, with all these things going on, um, especially with younger folks, which you work a lot with, there's a lot of emotional stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of these things. So for you, have you experienced that and have you experienced that go up? And then from a business aspect, how do you tackle that and and, and help them through things that, you know, none of us have went through for, for lack of a better term. So. Yeah. So honestly, did it go up? I think, I think the short answer is, is yes. But I think that a lot of these, especially young individuals, um, 
it gave them a reason to kind of expose themselves a little bit, right? Like as people started talking, oh, you've been cooped up. We get it. Like, you know, you're dealing with a lot emotionally and things like that. So it almost gave them an outlet. It gave them a reason to like start talking about things when I think a a, a large part of that audience too was probably craving to talk about things anyways, right? Like it gave them a reason to be open. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people need is they need, like, we talked about like that four, like step process is step one was like that assessment questions and being listening, defining values and things like that. Step two, which is it, it goes kind of in with step one, two is building that trust, right? That is everything is, is if you can establish that trust and connection, step three is be open, right? Like, most people just want to jump to the open phase. Like, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Right. And it's like, whoa, like people have their guards up. Right. Like, and the reality is, is they probably should have their guard up a little bit because of what they've experienced amongst their own peers or as parents, like what you've experienced for 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life and how you're hardwired. Um, and then the same with coaches, too. Right. Like it like even the, the individual uh, like meetings that I've had with coaches is like like most of them at the end. It's like, oh, sorry, I didn't. I get. I guess you didn't think this was going to be like therapy session. And I was like, no, like this is like kind of what it's for. Right. Is, is it's that platform for you to start to express some of those things. So, like you said early on, that we can actually get to the root cause of a lot of these things. Um as I've been out here more and more, you know, it's only been 12 months, but uh, about halfway through, I like, I finally kind of got the courage, I guess, to say is tell people like, as they were calling or as they were coming in, it's like, Hey, look, if you're just looking for like a strength and conditioning place, like I'm probably not the place for you. Like if you just want them to get stronger, if you just want them to get in better shape, that's all you're looking for. There's probably better places that are suited for you because as parents, you have to be okay with the con. If you're paying for a private lesson and we lift 10 minutes and the last 50, if it's an hour long, is a conversation, you have to trust me enough that that conversation was more impactful and more empowering for them than just to push through and get the lift done um, that I'm not trying to like just waste your money or steal your money or, you know, that I wasn't, you know, providing value for them. So it's getting them to, to understand uh, that if that answers the question. It does. And I, and, and in the midst of that, what I, what I noticed was the level of communication. And when you sit down to talk to somebody clarifying, this is where we are and this is where I'd like to go. Are you okay with having that conversation? And you're right. A lot of people just from maybe inexperience or, or whatnot, try to dive right in. And it's like, it's like a water hose to the face, but I think that's huge. And you've always been really good at communicating and kind of going, okay, let's pull the wall down and, yeah. and then go through. And that's just a communication skill, man. But the, all those little bitty things add up to so much. And I think in today's world with so many, you know, you're seeing a lot of wellness doctors pop up a lot of this and that. And then the athletes and performance in there's so much of the, Hey, let's take care of you on the front end, not get you to the back end of bad health, bad stress, bad anxiety, and let you understand all these things up front and go forward. And I think there's such a huge niche for that and such a huge need for that. So it's pretty badass what you're doing. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I think too is, I think the biggest mistake that most people don't realize, like especially coaches and especially people within the industry too, is like as they start having the, the conversations, I think they immediately try to start coaching, right? They ask these questions and they're like, oh, okay, like, well, this is, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And they're like, they're wanting to fix them. Like it comes from a good place. But the, the reality is, is like they didn't come initially to like to get that coaching. They came to be heard. Right. So it is. That's why like that first step of assess is like, I mean, literally, it's all about listening. I might pop in like little comments of like things that I see and notice throughout the conversation. But hardly any, if if any, is is like, hey, we need to do this. Hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. It's the same concept. This is like where coaches, I think, like. They make the mistake in coaching, like goal setting, if you will, is they ask somebody their goals and then they tell them and they're like, well, is that all you want? Is that all like, is that, is that? And so now it's like, now I'm questioning. I asked you, I wanted you to be honest. You gave me an answer and now I'm nudging you. I get it. You come from a good place of like wanting more for them, or maybe you see more out of them, but that's not the time and place. It's to accept that. So the light bulb goes off a week, a month, six months because they come back to you and they want their goals change on their own terms versus you defining what their goals and how many wins and how many tackles and what scholarships and what schools, blah, 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 like for them. And that's when like as the moment something like that happens, I think that that's where most coaches, parents, whoever, they lose that trust because again, it came from a good place. They were trying to say, Hey, like you're, you're more than this. Like, right. Like you can do more. You have so much ability and talent and you work so hard and blah, 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 blah. It comes from a good place. But I think it has the the reverse effects on the kids because then their mind's like, wow, whatever. Like I, I knew it wasn't going to be good enough. Why did I even answer the question? Right. And so it's that it's that tiptoe and that balance of, of like listening and then like knowing when you can actually provide that like valuable feedback. I think that's the most important piece. And I think that's where the majority of coaches and especially people in the industry kind of miss the boat. So I was going to ask the question, what's the number one piece of advice you would give? And you gave it before I asked the question. You outpaced me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, man, Ron, you know, I, I know your time is limited and, I just want to say thank you for being a blessing to our family. Um, Thank you for coaching us up. Thank you for getting on my podcast. And do you mind if they want to connect with you on social media um, or or anywhere, what's the best way for folks to connect with you? Yeah. So uh, two predominant platforms are probably Instagram and Facebook. And on Instagram, it's Rye Romano. That's R-Y-R-O-M-A-N-O. And then just Ryan Romano on Facebook. Uh, Obviously there's a, company page, if you will, um, the Underground Performance Institute on Facebook, as well as, you know, on Instagram as well. And I'm free to like drop in the DMs. I don't care. Ask questions. I'll, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll answer as, as, as best as I can. Well, man, thank you for being a positive impact. Thank you for being a light. And I'm blessed for, to have you as a friend. And, and uh, thanks for jumping on, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. You guys are awesome. All right, brother. We'll see you. See you, man.